Please stand clear of the doors. Hey guys, on the monorail. Who do you think's driving the monorail? You mean pilot the monorail? What are you talking about, pilot? What? Yeah, it's pilot. They would pilot the monorail, wouldn't they? We're on a train, Alex. We're actually on the red monorail. I think we should do an episode on Red Tails. Really? Have you seen Red Tails, Joe? Welcome to episode 194 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. Today we'll be giving the His on Red Tails. Right now we are recording live for our Goof Troop members. If you want to watch us live once a week, all you got to do is go to DizHis.com and you will find the Goof Troop link at the very top. As well as seeing our faces, you'll be entered into our lovely giveaways. We are going to be giving away a wax melt next week from Three Cheeky Chicks. Uh, we have given away signed comics, Disney merch, Disney merch, other things. So if you want to get in on those giveaways, all you got to do is join our group troop. Two bucks a month. If you have anything extremely nice or extremely hateful, please call us. Uh, leave us a message, share memory at 707-842-0345. And if you'd like to send us an email, send an email to dishis65 at gmail.com. That's right. Send an email to dishis65 at gmail.com. Wow, it's like an early 2000s car commercial. I like that. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about the movie Red Tails, right? To kind of celebrate Black History Month. So Red Tails is a 2012 American war film starring Terrence Howard, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Michael B. Jordan. This film tells the story of an all-black Air Force fighter group whose achievements broke down racial barriers in the military during World War II. Uh, so what do you guys think of this movie, uh, Alex? I know you just like recently watched it, right? I did. I've never seen it before, and I did recently watch it. And um, it did take me some time to watch it. It took me, you know, I watched some of it one night, watched some of it another night. I actually watched some of it during the day. And um, that's normal for you. Yeah, it's kind of normal. Still haven't finished Black Panther, the new Black Panther, but I'll I'll get to that later. But um, I actually liked the movie. I thought it was pretty good. I don't think it was amazing. I don't plan on ever watching it again. But I do think that it was entertaining, and I I did enjoy watching it. Okay, how about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm right around where Alex. It was wasn't very good, wasn't very bad. It was entertaining nonetheless. I mean, it's hard to have a war movie that's not entertaining. Yeah, but I I don't love watching dog fights in movies. I don't know. It's Why just not? Like, but you're a Phillies fan. Because... <laughs> oh. um... I get it. I get it. Little Mike Mike Vick joke. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, I don't love watching dog fights in movies because mm-hmm. like only one of like two things can happen. Like there's not really anything like there's no sneaking up on anybody. There's no <laughs> like there's, there's there's no there's no like suspense. Right. Like, they're just they're just flying and, and you know, chasing each other. Right. That I don't know. Well, well, that being said, they did make the dog fights as entertaining as possible. Yes. Um, the and this came out in 2012 uh-huh. uh, for 2012. The effects were pretty good. Yeah, I they thought. were. They were pretty yeah. good. And I I liked um I definitely liked the way they did the f- dog fights. I thought it was very entertaining. It kind of had a um it has slight action comic feel. Um and I think that had to do with one of the writers, which we'll find out in history. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like it was a lot of panning back and forth. Like you see a plane flying forward, then you pan to someone's expression, like, oh, they're flying at me. And you pan to mm-hmm. the the plane coming around, and then you pan back to the other plane trying to react, and then you pan back to the other plane. 
shooting down at them. Like okay. old history of war movies would be like a wide angle. You see everything at once and you kind of see it from either like behind the plane point of view. Um, but this one kind of was cutting back and forth really fast. Um, and I just, it just seemed like, it didn't seem like an old war action movie. It seemed like something a little different. Okay. Let's talk about how great these actors are that are in the movie. I mean, these, these uh, actors, Terrence Howard, Cuba Gooding Jr. And Michael B. Jordan, all great actors. Uh, yeah. And are also in other, um, you know, Disney movies. Uh-huh. Uh, so, which I think is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. We, we also had Brian Cranston. Yeah. He, w- he was in it. Um, yep. Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, his ceiling is, so like this wasn't his best movie. I think his best movie was Snow Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, this was a good performance. This is the first movie he did after taking a break for a while. I think his break was like four or five years. Really? Uh-huh. Terrence says Terrence. Snow Dogs alone. <laughs> it's a good movie, man, Snow Dogs. I've never seen Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs. That's a really good movie. Is it really? Well, the last time I watched it, I was seven, so I don't know if it's really good, but I, I, I really up. enjoyed it when I was seven. Okay. <laughs> we ask that you send your angels down to surround us as we fly through the sky. We know that it's part of your master plan that we've made it all the way from Tuskegee here to Ramatilli. We are very confident in our abilities, but we ask that you give us the vision, the sight, and the speed and power to make it through this mission. All the airmen say, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Nothing's difficult. Everything's a challenge. Through adversity to to the the stars. stars. From the last plane to the last bullet to the last minute to the last man, we fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. We fight. Let's get to the his on Red Tails. Red Tails is a 2012 American film directed by Anthony Hemingway. The film was distributed by 20th Century Fox, but produced by Lucasfilm. Red Tails tells the story of the Tuskegee Airmen, a regiment of the African-American United States Army Air Force. In 1988, George Lucas learned of the Tuskegee Airmen from his colleague George Hall, a photographer. In the 1930s, African-Americans faced racial obstacles from the military with the widespread belief that they could not learn to operate sophisticated machinery. In 1940, President Franklin D. Roosevelt announced the expansion of the pilot training program to include African Americans. The Tuskegee Airmen began with 13 cadets in Tuskegee, Alabama, an under-construction training site. These men became the first black military aviators in the U.S. Army Air Corps, a precursor to the U.S. Air Force. A thousand pilots and 14,000 navigators, bombarders, constructors, mechanics, tower operators, and other maintenance and support staff were eventually trained out of Tuskegee. In early 1944, two Tuskegee squadrons were transferred to Sicily, Italy, making up the 99th Fighter Group. They were supplied with second-hand P-40 planes and spent most of their time clearing paths for allies to invade North Africa. After many successful missions, the 99th were given the chance to serve alongside white pilots of the 79th Fighter Group in a mission. The 99th shot down 12 German fighters proving themselves in combat. In February 1944, the 99th was transferred to the 332nd Fighter Group and given B-51 Mustangs. The Tuskegee Airmen painted their planes tails red to distinguish them from the rest of the Corps and received the nickname Red Tails. On March 24, 1945, the 332nd was assigned a mission to escort a group of V-17 bombers during a raid on a Berlin tank factory. The group was overcome by a wave of enemy aircrafts and was able to fight them off while completing the mission. For this accomplishment, the Red Tails pilots were awarded a distinguished unit citation. The German Luftwaffe gave the Red Tails the nickname Schwarze Evolmenschen, which translates to Black Birdman. 
The Tuskegee Airmen made a name for themselves with their amazing skill. They also had minimal losses during their missions, which allowed them to break down the racial barriers inside the military ranks. Another group of Tuskegee Airmen was the 477th Bombardment Group, an all-African-American bomber crew. Unfortunately, after serving the country in World War II, the Tuskegee Airmen returned home to face systematic racism and prejudice. So I had the pleasure to meet one of the airmen, and, um, you know, he came and talked to our school. And I can tell you right now, like, when, you read, when you're reading this, right, they, they're amazing. Like, their skill was amazing. Right. Uh-huh. Uh And he was confident still to That's this day awesome. of, of like what he accomplished. He was like, we're, we're the, we were the best man. He was just like, no one, we were, we were the best and we impressed everyone. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter our color, you know, right. Like we were just the best. Yeah. And he still had that like Aurora, like around him pretty much that he, this guy was like, no joke. This guy is bad. Right. Uh, like a bad guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, which was really cool. Um, so and he just he, he was awesome yeah and unfortunately because of the things they had to go through like they had the worst equipment they had the worst training uh facility they had the the people looking down at them saying like you know this guy that uh like a, a caucasian guy who made a made a, a minimal mistake might push through but if they made a minimal mistake they were they were sent out they weren't allowed to do it anymore so they had to be they literally had to be the best of the best to just succeed through what they did making them one of the best pilots because they got through all that um, red tape. Mm-hmm. The uh, the ironic part about all this is we are – World War II was very much like a – I mean the Jewish people weren't a race. It's, right. a, it's a religion. But it's, mm-hmm. it was very – I mean looking at it that way, it's a very racist war. Like right. Germany was just trying to preserve you know people with the Aryan race, right? Mm-hmm. And we – and and so we like, it's just it's so crazy that you know we're fighting this racist war, but we have like the America had so much racism right. in fighting that war, and it, it's like it wasn't That's crazy. Race, it, it's not racism <laughs> to the point where it's like like oh let's send these black pilots because if they die it doesn't matter. No, they didn't have any like they were actually thought that they were less than 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 white pilots in the beginning of the movie. That was one of my favorite parts because it set the tone for the movie. The very opening thing was that quote. That said it was a study from the U.S. Army saying that African-American uh, uh, soldiers are not as smart or not like they, they're, they're they cannot fight in wars like they just they're they're incapable of fighting as good as like a white person. It was a study done by the U.S. Army. And I love that because I'm like, oh, man, this, this movie's going to be awesome because it's just going to like take this quote and 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 show exactly why that's not true. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. and um, but it's just it was cool seeing these. Um, I don't know. It was just really cool seeing these these black pilots in the movie uh, because it's exactly we saw and we'll get more into this when we talk more about the movie. But we saw the 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 race, like the really bad racism in the beginning. And then as the movie goes on. They're accepted by their mm-hmm. by the uh, which it's it just it's just crazy. Me think about playing like on a football team and just and hating your teammate. You guys are both on the same team and your guys are just, <laughs> you're playing for the same thing. Like it's just it's, crazy to me. It, it, it is like, crazy. It is, it is crazy. And, and there's so many movies <laughs> like that, right? I know it's easy for us to say that now because we live in 2023. It's just all the propaganda and everything that was around back then. Like people actually thought that that black people weren't like weren't like everybody else because of the color of their skin and i'm laughing saying this because it yeah. just sounds so ridiculous saying it out loud but anyway it's it's really cool knowing what we know today that everyone's equal and anyone can be a smart or dumb it's just really cool seeing that uh you know the just the um 
confirmation of that in like movies like this. Yeah. And, you know, there's still a, there's still people out there who think that way. And, oh, that, yeah. and, and that's something I, I, I know. I know. And it's 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 insane. It it, but um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think the and I looked online. They said the historical accuracy wasn't perfect um, with everything. And I don't really get into the bones of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said the historical accuracy wasn't perfect. But I mean, what war movies are perfect? They always change things to make it more cinematic. Yeah. And, you know, I went to school for history and I always thought that a historical fiction movie was great because like, like, say Hamilton, Hamilton is not historically accurate at all, but it makes people interested in history and it celebrates, it celebrates the people that are involved. Like this celebrates the Tuskegee Airmen. And now people know who they are because of this movie who, who might not have known them before. And it brings awareness, right? Exactly. And that's what's really most. Yeah. That's just what's really important. Yeah, it's not like you're you're changing the history and saying World War Two like, or uh, Germany won World War Two or something like drastic like that. You know, mm-hmm. yep. it's you're you know the story doesn't matter. It's the message that it's trying to send is what I always think matters. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this movie, like Hamilton. You yep. know, as long as you get most of it right and you change things for entertainment value, who cares? Yeah, and I like history, but I didn't. And when I think about World War One and World War Two. During World War II, I wouldn't think of the army itself being racist. That's not something that would pop yeah. in my head. But this this movie showed me that yes, that was a thing during World War II, and right. I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought it was during World War II. World War One maybe, but not World War II. Yeah, and that's um, definitely surprising. But it was really interesting, kind of what Chris also said earlier is that we're sitting here, right? We're fighting a war pretty much about racism. Like we have like a whole country <laughs> that's like kind of like, hey, we don't like these people, yeah. right? And then we're, it's like. We're, we have it in our country. It's just crazy to think about it also. It's like, hey, we're going to fight this because this is wrong, but it's okay for us. It's okay for us. No, you right? know what? You know, it's probably like, well, we're not killing them. We're just not treating them the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I but know. I you know, know. You know, it still happens today, unfortunately. The news cycles. Yeah. Oh. People knew the news cycles of Ukraine happen and people are like, oh, I want to help them. But the same type of thing's been happening in Middle East forever and no one and people the news doesn't pick it up as much. Yeah. Because they true. don't look like us who are not even the majority. It's just I don't know why. Why do they why do they want a news cycle like Caucasian people in Europe being affected by bombs and not the Middle East? So if you're just if you're happens. interested in this, you could tune in next week. Uh would we give the his on morals? <laughs> <laughs> George Lucas thought of a story about the Tuskegee Airmen as a long trilogy, but after multiple script drafts, he decided to focus on the combat portion of the story. While researching, Lucasfilm invited surviving Tuskegee Airmen to Skywalker Ranch to give interviews on their times as fighter pilots. Lucasfilm was also given access to the original mission logbooks, which helped the many writers who were working on the project. In 2007, John Ridley was hired to write the screenplay. John Ridley was best known for writing Undercover Brother, and then eventually 12 Years a Slave. Aaron Magruder, the creator of Boondocks, helped write the screenplay as well. Magruder's father was a pilot, and Ridley's uncle was a Tuskegee Airman in World War II. Lucasfilm would then hire Anthony Hemingway as the director of the production. Hemingway worked with Lucas as a production assistant on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicle TV series. George Lucas decided to hire David Russell, son of a Tuskegee Airman, to design aero combat sequences. George Lucas stated on The Daily Show that production was being delayed due to finances and marketing being held up by the studio who didn't believe in an all-black cast, with no major white roles, would be successful. The studio was only willing to offer $58 million for production, but refused to pay for distribution. Lucas then decided to fund the additional $35 million to distribute and market it through Fox. Once finances were taken care of, Lucasfilm secured Terrence Howard 
and Cuba Gooding Jr. as the colonel and major in the film. They would also cast hip-hop artists Neo and Method Man as character actors for the film. Running out the cast were Nate Parker and David Oyelowo as the main fighter pilot roles. Many roles were filled by stars like Brian Cranston, Leslie Odom Jr., and Michael B. Jordan. So we're 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 gonna make a movie. We're pitching it to uh, we're pitching this movie to a uh, you know studio. We're, listen, we're gonna make a movie. It's gonna uh, it's gonna raise black voices. It's gonna you know squash systematic okay. racism. Sounds good. Uh, then then you come back and say uh, no, it's not white enough. We're yeah. only gonna offer you offer you this much. Who, who's how the, crazy who, is that? What white actor is gonna be the main star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's like even even trying to make a movie about about anti-racism you're still you're still running into that that 2000s because it did, and i'm not like making excuses but the reason why they're doing it is because of money right if they yeah, want mm-hmm. obviously they want to make money and that's like a whole another issue is capitalism if you ask me mm-hmm. we're well, not going to get into that right now we we also don't know um i would love to see how big of actors um uh terrence howard was back then um Cuba Gooding Jr. was back then because we know and uh, we know them to be huge actors right yeah. now. Cuba Gooding wonder... Jr. was huge because of Jerry Maguire. Right. And that came out way before this. Yeah, yeah, I was late 90s, early 2000s. Right. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, this he cast... just took a break, so he wasn't as big as he was at one point. Yeah, this whole cast, all of these people um, that you named, mm-hmm. huge today. Yeah, but yeah, man. Brian Cranston was Brian. Cranston, this was like a couple years after Breaking Bad came out. This movie released. So when they filmed it, it was probably around the same time he was doing Breaking Bad. So he wasn't mm-hmm. as well known as he is today. Right. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. was a nobody back then. Yeah. And Michael B. Jordan. Is, he right was too. a nobody back then, too. Right. This is before he became popular. Uh, but now looking back and then you got Neo was big. I know Neo was big and Method Man was huge. Right. So those guys were definitely. And then they they did great in the movie. Did you even? Yeah, like, they did. did. You, I mean, Method, Method Man barely had any lines. But, um, you know, when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's Method Man. And he's doing some work. And Neo, Neo did really well yeah. as a character actor. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of surprised he hasn't done more roles since then. He was in a couple other movies. Um, oh, man, I'd have to look it up. But he was in a couple other movies. Uh-huh. Um, but since we're talking about the people playing their, their characters and the roles, I, like I said, this was not a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, one of the great things about this movie was the camaraderie and the chemistry between the, um, between these actors. Like it was so fun. Like I could, I could watch a whole movie, just them in a bar having drinks going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, they probably didn't know each other before this movie, but they did a really good job at making you feel like they knew each other their whole life. And I love that about it. I thought that was one of the strong points in the movie for sure. Like the opening scene when they're all just talking back and forth in the cockpits. Uh-huh. It was just like that relationship they all had. And it's hard to do that because they're not together. They're in individual cockpits. They're not they're they're not on the screen with each other, but they still were able to have that that chemistry. I thought that was one of the strong points in the movie for sure. Now I think it's kind of also interesting that we sit here and we talk about some of these actors that are in the movie, right? And we're like, okay, where were they in their stardom mm-hmm. during this time, right? And then some of these actors were nobody's during this time but there's someone now like they're, mm-hmm. they're like we know who these people are and the people who were someone then were kind of like okay they're it's, they're kind of done right i think it's kind of cool yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about like a movie that's uh that talks a lot about history and this is kind of weird how history works right people are just like they're there's someone at one point and then now they're no one it's just mm-hmm. yeah i know crazy yeah. to think of you know 
Neo isn't much of anybody. Method Man's not much of anybody. Brian Cranston and Michael B. Jordan are on top of the world right yeah, now. They, they can the do anything. Ones. And Leslie Odom Jr. recently because of Hamilton. Yeah, but he's still like he's not a household name. No. But he's but like everybody recognizes his yeah. talent now. For and sure. and you know this is he has he made a Christmas album. It's really good. I like it's his really music. Good. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I do like his music. Yeah. Talented. This this cast is uh whether they were well known or not then or well known or not now, talented across the board. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, and so what I was saying about the comic book is um the two head the two writers, John Ridley, um, he wrote it, who Chris made a uh, when he we were listening to history, I think. Chris mm-hmm. was like, Oh wow, when they said that uh John Ridley went on to write Twelve Years a Slave, because that was a very popular movie. And did then, that one? Be- I think that one best picture, right? I do not know. I think it did. Um, um, I knew Ryan's not in the chat to check, but I think that one best picture. And then the other one, Aaron Magruder, which I don't know by name, but I know that he was creator of the Boondocks comic book and then animated series. And that's what I mean by it had a comic book feel because he came in, he kind of punched it up and made it have that kind of not stale war movie feel. Yeah. Um, because John Ridley, who 12 Years a Slave is kind of a historical movie had the history part and then John and then Aaron Magruder came up and made it kind of, you know, a newer age type uh, type feel, which I definitely felt through the movie. Yeah. And I think that's what separates us from being a good like a good movie to a very good movie. I think very good war movies are very gritty and very real and very sad, very dramatic. They didn't want that for this movie because they wanted like all audiences to be able to uh um, learn from this and learn of them. So I understand what they were doing. And I kind of like that. It wasn't like an Oscar worthy movie. I like that. It was a movie you can show in school. Yeah. 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 It was, it definitely had a lot of ups, right? I mean, a lot of ups from them getting new, from them, um, you know, successfully completing a mission to them getting new planes to them successfully Mm -hmm. doing another mission to them successfully destroying some stuff. To them, uh, having people come back they thought were gone. There's just a lot of ups in the whole movie with one big down at the end. Yes. Um, I think uh, I think that was, like you said, it, it didn't have that historical, oh, there's just down, 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 and then the end is up. Like right. That's usually how those movies work. And one thing that they didn't sugarcoat at all, which I'm glad they didn't, was the racism mm-hmm. and the treatment of the black soldiers by other white counterparts yes. you know what i mean right like mm-hmm. like the from, bar like, scene the bar scene when the um when the one guy calls him an and calls him the n-word which right. is just like that that like seeing that they're both in their in their army fatigues and, mm-hmm. and that word being thrown around was just insane to me um but i'm glad that they that they put stuff like that in the movie so that people could realize wow like this was <laughs> look at look at how they were treated and they still wanted to fight for their country and uh, they yeah, exactly. still, you know what i mean that yeah. was the cool part is because they were getting treated so poorly at home, but the uh, the patriotism for their country and mm-hmm. for them fighting for equal rights remained strong the whole movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if they didn't, and they could make the movie and not have that that point get across. They couldn't. They didn't mm. need the bar scene, but mm. to make it, I think to make it such a learning, yes. movie, they had to have that in there. I mean, they could have made it and took that bar scene out, took the bar scene later out. And kind of just made it all about them becoming a good squad. But you kind of have to have that in there to let to know where they really came from during that time period. Because if you watch it from 20 years from now, and we barely knew what it was like during World War II, 20 years from now, people are going to not have no idea what it was like during World War II. 
And you brought up both bar scenes. That was one of my favorite things about the movie. You saw the horrible bar scene in the beginning and the next bar scene when um, I don't know what actor it was, but he's saying to the white officer or the white soldier rather, uh, you know, white people turn red when they're angry, green when they're sick. It and was they Neo. call us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they call us colored. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like I thought that, that was, was funny. funny that they could kind of joke about what was taken serious color of your skin was taken serious in the in the first bar scene. Now everyone's joking about it in the second scene, which is the way it should be, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Production began in March 2009, taking place in the Czech Republic, Italy, Croatia and England. While filming in Czech Republic, the actors underwent a boot camp, which had them live in living conditions similar to the Tuskegee Airmen. The actors even flew in P-51 Mustangs to experience maneuvers that pilots would make in a dogfight. During shooting for the aerial scenes, actors would sit in a gimbal-mounted cockpit in front of a green screen. Crew members would rock it back and forth during takes. In 2009, production was completed but was delayed when reshoots were needed. Director Anthony Hemingway was busy directing a series, so Lucas stepped in to fill the void. The film would go on to debut on January 20, 2012 at New York's Zeigfeld Theater. Many military veterans attended including many Tuskegee Airmen. One unique attendee was Nancy Lefnan Colon, the first female African-American woman accepted into the Army Nurse Corps in 1948. One week before the film opened in American theaters, George Lucas, director Anthony Hemingway, multiple cast members, and original Tuskegee Airmen were invited to the White House for a special screening of Red Tails with President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. Once released, the film received mixed reviews and would go on to lose almost $8 million after global release. Red Tails received a nomination at the 2012 Teen Choice Awards for Choice Action Movie and was also nominated at the 2012 BET Awards for Best Movie. In 2013, the NAACP Image Awards awarded Red Tails with the Outstanding Motion Picture and Outstanding Independent Motion Picture Awards. George Lucas received the Vanguard Award. Red Tails was also nominated for Outstanding Writing in a Motion Picture and Outstanding Directing in a Motion Picture. Neo was nominated for Outstanding Duo or Group. In 2011, Lucasfilm sponsored a panel at the New York Comic Con that featured cast and crew, as well as a P-51 flight simulator. Red Tails was released on DVD and Blu-ray on May 22, 2012, and topped the sales charts in the first week it released. What a uh, what a cool moment, because we saw, I mean, obviously we saw a, a sliver of what these Tuskegee Airmen experienced in uh, World War II. Mm-hmm. You have to imagine they experienced way worse, right? Right. But how cool of a moment do you think it was these tuskegee airmen to get invited to watch it with the first black president right how cool amazing, how cool is right? that what, like a how large far... spectrum of life there exactly like that is amazing uh not only are they not getting spit on because all soldiers were treated poorly back then um well not back then i guess that was more during vietnam, vietnam yeah but um but african-american soldiers couldn't take a break couldn't catch a break no um so like they came home and there's no thank you for your service they're getting spit on because yeah. The color of their skin doesn't matter if you served or not. So the fact that now they get to uh, go and, you know, I don't know. I just think that's so cool. Well, it is really cool. Now, I want you to think about this for a second, right? And not only, I mean, did they go see it with the first black president, right? Um, it also helps, not really helps me, but it recognizes this was not that long ago. Right? <laughs> yeah, this yeah. was not that long ago, like, right? Like, like this was going on. Y- yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not that long ago. Because mm-hmm. they were still alive. They're still within alive. Within their lifetime. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, man. Well, when you think, yeah, that that too. But when you think about it, it's these pilots went and flew and helped defeat Germany, then came home and were forced to sit on the back of a bus or drink from a different water fountain or go to a different school. Like mm-hmm. that was the Doesn't time that make, they were living. It makes in. me angry. Doesn't it make you angry a little bit? Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it's 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 like it's hard to wrap my mind around, honestly, just because of I don't know how different things are today. 
it's just crazy to think that like we see all the sacrifices these these people made and willingly made like they weren't forced to do this they wanted to do this they could have like think about it there's a lot of people that you and i probably know that would have loved to just patrol places that weren't being fired on on world right. war ii yeah these people wanted to go into harm's way yeah. you know what i mean they wanted and, to do, make make a difference in the war exactly and it's it's unfortunate because like imagine like i imagine something i like doing right and i imagine flying is one of those things like flying is probably so fun to do if you're good at it and these guys were really good at flying so i imagine being up there in the sky in a plane doing the maneuvers they were amazing pilots but yep. there probably was no piloting jobs for them when they came back home and unfortunately yeah. they probably never could fly a plane ever again because it just it wasn't an opportunity given to them to do never so. thought about that and that's i mean that would be that's very unfortunate because I can imagine loving something as much as they did love flying and then coming home and the rest of your life, you're not able to do it. Like that's, yeah. that's, that would be a crazy idea to me, but yeah, you're right. It's crazy that this is inside one lifetime of someone fighting for their country and getting no respect from their fellow military men to eating uh dinner at the, pre at the president's uh, white house with the first African-American president. Like yeah. that is, you're right. That is a crazy spectrum yeah. of a life. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, 12 Years a Slave did win Best Picture? Mm -hmm. Okay, wow. So this this writer is what was won a Best Picture award for his screenplay. That's amazing. In 2013. So he did this in 2012, right? Yeah. It was when it released. But yeah. Yeah. Right. This was like so the, he, next, he was, the next yeah. thing he did was 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, awesome that he contributed. He's contributed so much to uh, black history. So right. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Because I just think... Um, you know, it's hard to want to read history, but when you watch these movies, I think that's why uh, it's so important to have movies like this, because there's a lot, a lot of people that will read about this stuff, but there is a lot of people that will watch it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, the movie did lose money, um, unfortunately, but I think it just shows that maybe it just maybe wasn't marketed correctly or something happened with the release, because when it came on DVD, it was a top seller. So yeah. and that was only a couple of years later, not even a couple of years later. Looked like within within a year they went went to DVD, mm. um, but unfortunately it did lose eight million dollars. But thankfully George Lucas probably didn't care. No, it was it's one of those movies that it didn't need to be a good movie. And it, it sent a message. And how awesome is George Lucas yep, to be like, right, I want this movie made, and 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 they're like, we can't do it because we don't want to market. It. He's like, well, I'll spend money on my own pocket. Like I know it's not a lot to George Lucas because he has so much money, but it's still amazing. He was like, I want to get this message out. I want to get yeah. this idea put out for the masses to to receive and i'm willing to put in what was it like 30 million dollars 35 million dollars in order to make it distributed knowing there's a chance he could lose money he ain't eight million that's a drop in a bucket for him well but, his wife is african-american and i don't oh, know if she? he has kids yeah i don't oh, know I if he has that. kids but if his kids he are african-american as well i think his oh, kids okay. are adopted well anyway he just i think he understands the importance of of uh of black history you know right mm -hmm. yeah exactly and he and he wanted to, he spent you know a lot of people will say i want to do this i want to do that but he 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 put his money out there to be like this is gonna happen yeah and which uh is, yeah which is awesome I, I bet you everyone was happy when um they did reshoots and george lucas is like i'll film it <laughs> i know right george lucas <laughs> quick fire quick facts let's go Red Tails was the last film released by Lucasfilm before they were purchased by the Walt Disney Company. Red Tails was the first film to use Barco's RO 3D 11.1 surround sound system. 
I know what that means, but I figured someone out there might know what it means and be happy but to that, talk yeah. about it. If all if that's used in most or not, if not all movies now, it's kind of cool that this was the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. George Lucas discussed with Samuel L. Jackson about him starring and directing the film. The P-51 Mustang was added as a free add-on in 2012 for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Ray Gun identifies his favorite item as an XZ-38 disintegrator pistol, which in fact is the XZ-31 rocket pistol model. And you know what I was doing these? I was like, I was like, Chris Joe, Chris Joe. Oh, Joe's doing the hard one. Perfect. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't do that bad with yeah, you it, You did though. great. You did right. Yeah, you messed you up the good. last sentence, but it's not a big deal. Hey, so the Barco's RO3D, uh, they make good root beer. <laughs> <laughs> we here does his think Red Tails is a great film. It really showed the grit and resilience needed by many war heroes during World War II. The dogfighting scenes were top-notch, and it should be a staple for any fan of war movies. Ever roll out of bed and feel like being a little bad? Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company has you covered with their Villain Wax Melt line. The Sea Hag Melt will have you wanting to use that body language like Ursula with its bouquet of roses, lily, lilacs, and sweet violets with undernotes of musk. If you feel like you're going to have a meltdown like Hades, throw in the Wax Melt Ruler of the Underworld, which will fill your home with smells of lavender, rosemary, lemon verbena, cinnamon, coriander, leather, amber, and hints of smoke. Or, if you just feel like you are just the evilest one of all, get yourself the Mistress of Evil Melt. These Maleficent-inspired melts will release a woodsy scent with its crisp pine needles, white fir, clove, patchouli, oak, and sugar pine. No matter how you're feeling, make sure to visit MagicallyScented.com to purchase a wide range of wax melts, candles, and room sprays, all made by three cheeky chicks. There are plenty of holiday sales that will allow you to buy any smell that fits your attitude. That's three cheeky chicks at MagicallyScented.com. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Hey, you want to hear something really cool, Alex? Sure do. So let me tell you a little bit about the Goof Troop, Alex. Do you know about the Goof Troop? I kind of do. Well, it's a great way to support the show. You get access to our live shows, which is like a total mess. Oh, it's a total mess. I edit it, and I had to sit there and make sure it sounds professional. Yeah, and it's not at all. Uh, we do giveaways, you know, a couple times a month. We're yeah. always giving away wax melts. We're giving away candles. You know, know. We're giving away books. It's not fair because I can't be in the giveaways because I'm a host. I always try to get in the giveaways, but uh, yeah, it's really not right if I join in, right? No. But you can support us for as low as $2 a month, and you can get access to all of these things. Just for $2? Yeah, just for $2. Wow. In our Discord chat, I mean, our Discord chat is off the chain. It is awesome. It's a lot of fun. We have made lifelong friends in Mm -hmm. our Discord chat. It's bumping, Uh, as the kids would say. It is bumping, as the kids are saying. And you can, uh, you know, we have a bunch of great Patreon members that keep our chat super active. There's so many great members that I look forward to every morning to wake up. And to talk to every day. So where do you get join this Patreon? So oh, good question there, Alex. All you have to do is go to dizhiz.com, D-I-Z-H-I-Z dot com. On the very top, there's a Goof Troop link. Just hit the Goof Troop link. It takes you to our Patreon, and there's so many different ways you can support our show. And as low as $2 a month. 
as low as two dollars a month, and it ca- helps us keep our website up. It ca- ca- helps us with advertising, you know. So for as low as two dollars a month, you can help support our show. You can help us advertise, get our show out there from to, to more people so they can listen. And so we, because we love to interact with fans, we love interacting with everyone. Um, so go ahead and join and join our Discord. Check us out on Weeby Geeks, a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content. Just head over to WeebyGeeksBC.com. That's WeebyGeeksBC.com. And listen to all the other awesome podcasts, as well as Diz Is. Hey, I'm Joe from the Diz His. And I'm Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. We will be teaming up to give one of the best travel experiences ever. I am a travel agent with Sandpiper Vacations. We are able to book any vacation destination around the world, including Disney, cruises, and all-inclusive resorts. We have been working here at the Diz His to become travel agents. And with our knowledge of the parks, we want to plan the best Disney trip for you. Using us as a travel agent, we are updated on the latest and greatest information about all of the destinations. We can help save you time, stress, and sometimes some money. Using our services costs you absolutely nothing. It is completely free to you, and we are happy to assist you with giving you more value for your trip. So if you're looking to book your next Disney trip, go to DizHiz.com. Check out DizHiz Destinations on the very top. This is this is review review. Okay, so D plus for this week is going to be Saving Mr. Banks, which I think is a it's a good movie. I enjoy it. I mean, whatever Tom Hanks is in, I feel like Tom Hanks is not really too many Tom Hanks movies that are bad, right? And when you have Tom Hanks playing Walt Disney, I mean, it's kind of awesome. He plays a great Walt Disney. I he watched does. this movie a couple years ago. And I loved it. I thought it, I, I, I went into it not thinking I'd like it because I, I don't really know. Why the not? Just curious, you know, um, it just wasn't a movie that came out that I really was dying to see. Because like I said, I'd never watched Mary Poppins, so I didn't really understand. You know, I thought this movie was going to be more about Mary Poppins than it would be like the story of Mary Poppins, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it was a historical movie was so cool. And then um, we saw the Sherman Brothers, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but oh my gosh, Tom Hanks' role as uh, as Walt Disney was just awesome. Like, <laughs> I hope that he plays Walt Disney in every movie ever. Yeah, I, think, I would love to see a Walt Disney movie. Yeah, I think, Disney I think they thing. missed out because I think I think he kind of aged out a little bit. Tom Hanks, I don't know, makeup can do a lot, but I think you're right. I think they should have definitely followed that up with a with a Walt Disney, um, not biography. What is it? Biopic. Mm-hmm. This so was question. very much a Walt Disney movie, and that's it why was. I loved it so much. It was. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You went into it thinking it's a Mary Poppins film, when really right. it's a Walt. It's a Walt Disney yes. film. Cool. Alex, you said that he's kind of aged out. Do you think he's aged out now? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think it'd be hard to see him as a young Walt Disney. So supposedly, I'm not sure if you guys know this, but they're making a movie. You know, how, like Tom Hanks has all these movies, like the like the rom com movies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. With like, uh, so supposedly they're gonna make a rom com movie and they're gonna de age him in it. Okay. So I'm really interested to see how that's gonna look. Yeah. Because yeah. that can bring a lot. Because like you know we got these good actors that are that are alive right now. Of course they're getting older. Like Tom Hanks, like he definitely looks older, right? But uh, I'm kind of interested to see how that technology is gonna work to see. If it's really like really how how noticeable is it? We kind of seen it with um 
Luke Skywalker, you know, in The Mandalorian, right? Will Smith and Gemini Man. I was going to say recently was Kurt Russell in Guardian of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Yeah, man. They do a good job with it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The de-aging for Kurt Russell was good. It definitely, you can see that it was a de-aging effect happening during those scenes, but it was, it was very good. But still, that was a long time ago. Like that, that movie was came out 2017. That was, yeah, that was over five years ago. And in, in technology, that's a long time. That is a long yeah. time. In, in, right. in technology age, right? Yeah. Um, but just like, you know, uh, I'm sorry. So hold on. We heard what Chris thought about it, right? What do you think about it, um, Alex? I thought it was a great movie. I, I like Chris went into it thinking I wasn't going to be a big fan because I'm not a mi- I wasn't a big Mary Poppins fan at the time. Recently, I've watched Mary Poppins and I've liked it a lot more. But um, I, I, of course, I was interested in the history. I was interested in what's going on. But I did not think I was going to like the film as much as I did. And I did like the film a lot. It was very, very well done. And, of course, Tom Hanks was amazing in it. And um, it was a great film. I, I actually I actually am looking forward to watching it again when the time comes. I'm not going to just be like, hey, it's Friday. Let's watch this movie. But if someone's like, hey, do you want to watch this? I would for sure be like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I also would like to see, you know, we talked about seeing a movie about uh, Walt Disney. I would also like to see a movie about the Sherman Brothers. Yeah, and and I was just looking up to see who played the Sherman Brothers, making sure I I was. But B.J. Novak and uh, Jason Schwartzman were the Sherman Brothers, and I think they did a really good job. I don't know too much about the the German uh, the Sherman Brothers, but I think them together doing the music was entertaining. Yeah, it was for sure. But I agree. I think a bio a Sherman Brothers biopic would be amazing. Um, it could only be done by Disney because they own all the music they ever made. So it'd be super expensive for someone to make a biopic and then um, have to buy the license for the music to go into the movie. That is true. <laughs> this movie is a star filled, right? It is. It is. Uh, Julie Andrews is in it at one point, right? Um, not only that, uh, Emma Thompson, great actress. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a great, a great movie. Uh, Colin Farrell's in it. Who's another great actor. This oh movie yeah. Filled yeah. Star studded like, for sure. You know, 100%. Uh, Paul Gamati's in it. Uh, you guys know who that is, right? He's from a, a gangster movie, isn't he? He he's been in gangster movies, but he's also been in other Disney movies too. Is um, what's that one where he turns blue? Like blank check? Is it blank check? No, I forget what it is. I'm not oh, even sure. Oh, uh, big fat liar. Yes. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yes. We yeah. got Bradley Rifford, who's yeah. awesome. He's in uh, <laughs> what, what's what's that show? Uh, West Wing. Right. Oh, I I only know from Billy Madison. Which one? Oh, <laughs> that's the only place I know him from is Billy Madison. <laughs> so that's originally where I knew him from, right? But that was bef- that was after West Wing, I believe, or maybe I, I don't know. But West Wing's like a great show, uh, and we watched it, like West Wing years after it was famous, like really popular. Chris, you need to watch West Wing. Yeah, I I know exactly what it is, and I it, I looks like I would love it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, man, so many great people in this movie. Wow, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the cast, and it says here that Hey, this is AJ for the D Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney Plus. Each week I'll bring you the latest news and rumors, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week we have a weekly movie club, where between February 20th and 26th, we'll be watching Mary Poppins Returns. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord and i'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast you can find the d plus club on all major podcasting platforms including the sorcerer radio website at srsounds.com forward slash 
the D Plus Club, with new episodes every Sunday. See you there. So, Alex, what did you do in This Week in Disney? Well, I watched Red Tails. That's one thing I did. And like I told you guys earlier, it took me a while to watch. Um, And then I also, like I said last week, I started um, Black Panther, the sequel. Can't remember the name for it to save my life. Wakanda Forever, right? Is that correct? Yep. I started Wakanda Forever, and I still haven't finished it. I um, I have tried to continue it. Multiple times. Red Tails kind of took priority because we're doing a history on it and I wanted to have watched the film. I um I tried watching it multiple times and I just keep falling asleep. It's just so slow. It's it's such a slow movie where I'm watching it right now. I'm right in the middle of the film itself. I thought I was three fourths done, but I'm only like a quarter into it. And um it's 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 just a little too slow for me to stay awake when I'm like already mm-hmm. tired and I'm just putting on yeah. to finish it. So I'm going to try to continue watching it. That's what I'm doing now whenever I go inside to watch TV. I'm not putting on a show. I'm putting on Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and I'm going to try to watch and finish it this week, hopefully. Okay. How about you, Chris? What did you do in the world of Disney? So I keep forgetting to talk about this. And so I didn't do it this week, but I I watched it a few weeks ago. I watched a documentary on YouTube uh, by Defunct Land. They ever, you know, that channel, Defunct Land? Yeah. And it's the history on the Disney Channel jingle. Oh, oh they, that we do that we open this up with? Yes. <laughs> four okay. notes. Four notes. That's it. Do 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 do. Yeah. And it is like an hour long, and it's one of the most interesting things I've ever watched in my life. The guy's a genius who makes these videos. Yeah, Defunct so Land's he, great. He also made a documentary on the history of lines, like cues. So I'm gonna watch that one next. So uh did watch that. That was a few weeks ago, but I'll just uh, lie and say I watched this week because I wanted to talk about it. Highly recommend everybody who hasn't seen that to watch it. The biggest thing that I did this week in Disney was on the No New Friends podcast, on which I'm a host of. We interviewed Bruce Valanche, and a lot of you are like, "Who is Bruce Valanche?" Well, he wrote the the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. Wow. Okay. He, yeah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? So he he uh he is he does not hide the fact that it was an epic failure. <laughs> but but when he just throws throws around like, oh yeah, you know, me and Carrie were in the in the dressing room, or me and George we were when we were talking on the phone. It was really cool to talk to someone like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to hear that whole interview, you can hear that on the No New Friends podcast. But uh do you want to warn people who do want to listen to it? It is PG thirteen, I would say. The the podcast is PG thirteen, not for young ears. So if you're above the age of thirteen and interested in listening to that, it does come out on uh on Sunday. So uh really cool talking to him. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it was really it was just really neat. Very humble guy, very nice. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that he was able to oh, and uh Disney related too, because he did Disney. He uh he wrote jokes for Robin Williams. Like so he was talking about uh, you know, Robin Williams a little bit. So it's just really cool to talk to someone who just has all this influence, who kind of just behind the scenes, because he's a uh he writes stuff for people. So he does he doesn't star in movies, he kind of just writes for the people that stars in those movies. But uh besides those two things, I'm going to see Ant Man Quantumania oh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so, exciting. Can you yeah, film it for me? Yes, I will. I'll bring right, my uh, I'll bring my burner phone. I'll set it up in the back. <laughs> I'll stream it for you guys. I'll stream it on the Discord. Um, so if you guys uh, want to join Patreon, 
um, I'll stream <laughs> the movie. So I'm really, ex- <laughs> I'm really excited for that. It is, it is not getting good reviews. I heard, um, I heard it's not getting good reviews. Yeah, little, but I, I think it's going to be really fun, and I think that Jonathan Majors' performance as Kang is going to be awesome. So going in with expectations of Jonathan Majors, uh, you know, enjoying what I'm seeing on the screen, of Jonathan Majors, and then just enjoying Paul Rudd comedy. What, yeah. what, what kind of bad reviews are they getting? What do you mean? I'm not reading them. I have no idea. I don't like to read the reviews before I before I see the movie because I don't want to know what happens. But it's it's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, and Rotten Tomatoes is pretty generous. Like like the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes are usually pretty generous. So I think um, people are just saying it's slow. Okay, well that's fine. I I don't I don't I don't care. I, yeah. I'm excited to see because this is the big kickoff for uh, the next phase. Yeah, right. yeah, first yeah. movie. A lot riding so, on it. Very excited. I'm. I wasn't too excited. I mean, I I like Ant-Man movies. Um, of course, we talked about Ant-Man already and how the Wasp was not as good as the first one. I don't think this would be good as, as good as the first Ant-Man. That's not what I'm expecting out of it. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be fun. Of course, Paul Rudd is amazing. But the last trailer I saw, there's like a broccoli person because they're in the quantum realm or whatever, yeah, yeah. and I was like, okay, this this is gonna be a fun movie. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to get visually blown away. Right. Uh, and and I I want this movie to be weird. I right. love exactly. weird. I want this movie to be weird. And so Paul I, Rudd in a weirdness world is going to be hilarious. Oh yeah. I didn't even really think about it like that. That's going to be great. <laughs> I'm I, I loved um Doc I, I don't think it's a great movie, but I loved I really enjoyed Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness cuz I loved how weird that was. And um, I like these directors that go and they just make something different because we can see the mm-hmm. same superhero movie over and over and over again. When you go out and you do something different, uh, I'm a fan of it, even if it fails. I call it failing upward. Like it's it's like yeah. you tried and it didn't work out. But, hey, at least it was something different. And different. 100 percent. You got you, you, yeah. you, need, you need to try it because we want to see things that are new. Like yeah. for me, at least. Right? Exactly. And maybe I love it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it going in with um with a, a, an open mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Good. That's awesome. What about you, Joe? What did you do this week in Disney? So this week in Disney, um, played some Marvel Snap. Uh, real quick, before I kind of get into my Moonlight Magic experience, Chris, uh, where are you, what rank are you Moonlight and um, Snap? 80 or 81. You're still, you're still, so you're still pretty high up there, huh? Yeah, I started at 70. And I'm yeah. not I'm not proud that I'm at 80 because I feel like I should be higher. But I am. I That's am pretty hovering. good, man. Yeah. Are you playing the um, Zola deck? I am. I'm playing my yeah. Shuri. My Shuri. Wong, Zola, Black Panther deck. Black and Panther's me, the star. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Because uh, I'm playing that deck also. And it's it's got me from 20 to I'm like a 46, 47 right now, right? Um, it's unpredictable. It's, it is unpredictable, right? And there's not too many people who are playing like Enchant- Enchantress, I guess you can mm-hmm. say, right? Yeah, uh, especially with the MODOK, the discard deck. is <laughs> Like you can really fly with this deck because yep. of the discard uh, yep. deck meta. But I'm going to let you guys know, right? I'm really disappointed. Let me tell you why. Because wow. last night, you know, I... Uh, I opened like five caches, dude. I've uh, opened maybe like a total of like fifteen caches. I would say maybe in the last couple of weeks. But last night I like saved up a bunch. I can open them all at once. Yeah. And you yeah. know the new, um, the new like weekly season thing started yesterday. So like I got to open like that, like the season pass. And I got a bunch of yeah. I got yeah. I got like nothing. Uh, it was very disappointing. It was very disappointing because I want Shuri. Like I want Shuri so I can play this deck like how you play it, right, Chris? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, I opened a lot last night and I didn't get anything. And there's like two of them. I got like a hundred of the tokens, which I was like, this a hundred, you know, I right. Know, I was like, yeah. it's just That's frustrating. It's frustrating. Now, yeah. So, but I'm just waiting, man. Cause I know I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I opened like 10. I'm, I'm getting a card soon. Right. And I almost have like, I, I sure it's like a good chance it's going to show up because 
you know, I almost have like all the cards and I can make right, right, right. Yeah. So I know like I'm going to get something good. Like I can't wait. So I'm hoping to open some more tonight. Um, you know, cause I'm, 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 I'm going to play a lot tonight, but I am playing that Zola deck for sure. Yeah. I love Zola. Zola. I think, I think Zola is the best card in the game. I think you think that, so. The best card in the game, in my opinion, yes, because you could take one really powerful card and then just put it in two spots. Yeah, like, it's, it's pretty, like it's powerful. Yeah. Like you could, yeah. It's just, it's just. I, I think, um, I don't know. I just, I, I think Zola is the most, maybe not the best card, the most powerful. Uh, it's really mm -hmm. hard to defend against. It's yeah. really hard to defend against. Mm -hmm. Um, you really just need a Cosmo, and you don't really play Cosmo in the last turn. Or it's just it's really hard to defend against. I, I it's why it's very unpredictable too, and I think that's why it's very good too. Okay. And then um, Alex, have you been playing? What, what rank are you? Alex? I was gonna say I'm over here rank 38. Really can't wait to unlock Mystique. <laughs> and you guys talk about Mystique's a great card already. Yeah. Mystique is great. <laughs> Mystique is Mystique's a really good card, man. I know. 100%. I I'm, I can't yeah. wait to unlock her because I have it. I'm ready up. I just need 300 more. Um, what are they called? Collectors tokens. Collector tokens. I have mm -hmm. almost 5,000 gold saved up for the next big thing you want to purchase that comes out, and uh, we're good to go. Nice. I have 3,000 tokens, and uh, I have Valkyrie in my shop right now that's 3,000. Very tempted, but I think I'm going to pass. I have... Who's in my shop I'm saving up for? It's a, it's, it's really good. Oh, no, I have Null. Yeah. 6,000. It only take me like a month to save up he, for. <laughs> he, he's a top-tier card in the he game, is, too. I'd say he's a top-five yeah. card. Yep. Yes, I'm, I'm I'm really close. I should be able to get him. So I'm like, I'm like at 5,500, I think, tokens. So I'm like 500 away. So, so. we won't talk about this forever, but um, <laughs> if, you, if you use Nola and Nola, Nola, <clears throat> Zola and Null together, it's really good because you have to play magic on turn five and then you play Null and then you play Zola okay. on Null and he destroys himself. So he doubles and then goes to two locations. Does this card count as a dis uh, destroy? No. No? Okay. Okay. So let's talk about Moonlight Magic, right? Uh, Moonlight Magic event was it's like it's a DVC event. They pretty much closed down the park, you know. Let's just say uh, um, Cosmic Rewind, right? The Guardians, new Guardians ride at Epcot was walk on. Yeah, like what you, you're never gonna get. I mean that mm -hmm. that is one of those rides where it's kind of like you have to wait all day to get on. It's like a whole big ordeal, right? Like I went on it. It took um, I don't know, maybe like most most of it was just walking through the line. Uh, and then we got we, we we got off, and then we went right on and again, and then the line was even shorter the second time. Um, so we got the right guardians. We got to you know see the fireworks. Um, got to eat eat around the world, drink a little bit about around the world. It was a, it was a good night. It wasn't like you know like I said, these events you're not too it's not too crowded. You get free snacks. Uh, we got we got free coupons to kind of eat at the different booths. You Ooh. know because the, the art festival is going on. Um, so that's kind of cool. We got to kind of use the the coupons at the booths. Cool, but, yeah, um, it is yeah, awesome. man. So it, it was a good night. It was a lot of fun, and so I did that. Played Snap. That's that's pretty much it. And I'm looking forward to kind of. We got some some big Disney events going on here in the next couple of months where we're staying out at a resort with our DVC points. So, uh, like I, I've talked about DVC before. Highly recommend if you're going to Disney a lot and you're staying out there a lot. Highly recommend DVC because you're gonna get your money's worth. Uh, you're gonna save a lot, a lot of money for sure, by getting DVC. Uh, next week on Diz His, we're gonna do the we're gonna keep the um, the Black History Month awareness going on. And next week's episode is gonna be on Floyd Norman. He was a Disney animator legend. His first job for Disney was on Sleeping Beauty. He was the first African American artist to remain at the studio for a long term basis. He worked on great movies like 101 Dalmatians and The Sword in the Stone. 
So that's the His on Red Tails. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHiz65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on Patreon.com and search for DizHiz.